Hello and welcome to the Summit College Love Your Neighbor podcast, a podcast designed to help college students love their neighbor on the college campus in both word and deed in our complex cultural moment. I'm Josh Ferguson, the Summit College Discipleship Director, and for today's podcast, we'll be discussing loving your neighbor from afar, which typically means virtually. And so we'll start with three barriers to loving your neighbor from afar, and then combat those with two truths from Scripture. And then Amy Rogers, the Meredith Campus Director, and Logan Maloney, the NC State Campus Director, will join me to discuss some ways to practically love your neighbor from afar. So let's dive in. So we are recording this podcast right on the heels of UNC, and no pun intended, right, get it to our heels, and NC State students being sent back home due to COVID cases rising and classes moving online. And it really feels like an eerie flashback to March when students left for exciting spring break plans only to never return to campus. So it's easy to feel frustrated and discouraged when we think about the prospect of trying to maintain friendships and discipleship relationships virtually for the next few months when we just experienced how hard that was. So we want to do this podcast to help you all love those virtually who the pandemic has physically separated you from. But before we jump right into biblical truth and how to love your neighbor from afar, uh, we're actually going to start off with some of the biggest barriers to loving your neighbor from afar, because let's be honest, it is hard to gather virtually all the time. And we feel the reality that we weren't made for this, right? We were made for physically gathering together. And it's why when God created Eve, he made her from the side of Adam and placed her right next to him, not 6,000 miles away with a laptop, Zoom link, and a winky face. So first, we're going to look at a few barriers to loving our neighbor from afar, and then we're going to look at how scripture speaks into that and what it calls us to. So the first barrier, and this almost goes without saying, but uh, it's simply that long-distance relationships are not as enjoyable as close proximity relationships, right? Like, simply put, they're not as fun especially when so much of a friendship is formed over shared activity, like playing sports together, sharing a meal together, going to concerts together, you know, you get the point. And it's why we're prone to retreat from friendships that are long distance because they're not as enjoyable and it's so much more enjoyable to love your housemate who you can go play spike ball with, uh, share a Chick-fil-A 20 count chicken minis with, then to love that freshman in your family group or D group who just moved back to Virginia and you have to watch them eat their chicken minis over Zoom. The second barrier is they require a lot more work and intentionality and are not as natural or organic. So think about those friendships that you love, and it's often the ones that are easiest and natural where you just kind of clicked the first time you met, right? Like you felt like you could pillow talk for hours, you enjoyed the same sports, you finished each other's sandwiches, right? Okay, frozen, and all that fun stuff. So when everything moves virtual and long distance, all of a sudden, things you enjoy doing together are stripped, and now it requires a lot more work and intentionality and scheduling phone calls or Zoom calls, and it's not nearly as organic and easy as simply texting them, asking them, hey, you want to go work out with me? The third barrier is that isolation can feel like the freedom to do whatever you want, and community can feel like an infringement on your desire for comfort. Right, isolation, if we're honest, it can feel freeing and honestly amazing at first, right? No accountability, no one I have to answer to. I do whatever I want all day. No one's checking in on me. No schedule. I can sleep when I want. I can play video games, maybe attend one class, skip one class, right? Eat squeeze cheese, just live the dream. Uh, Then to have to actually schedule things like Zoom calls, 
prayer with friends, worship with family group, that feels like it's infringing on my comfort and desire to do whatever we want. When we are in person on campus, everyone knows where we live, and in some ways there's peer pressure to show up and be social. Now, in a pandemic, no one questions the fact that you never show up or want to hang out because you can actually hide in a life of complete selfish indulgence and isolation and excuse it because we're in a pandemic. And so now for two truths to remember to help tear down some of those barriers. The first truth is that Jesus loved us with a costly and initiating love that gives us the power to love others when it is hard. So to tear down that first barrier, we see that we can love even when it is not as enjoyable because Jesus loved us when it was costly. Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Think about what scripture could have said, right? Like, think about it. it could have said, you want to see how to love like God loves? Look at the way Jesus goes fishing with Peter, right? Look at how he eats food with the disciples around the charcoal fire. Look at how he goes on long walks with them around the Sea of Galilee or plays spin the dreidel with the boys, right? But actually, Scripture says, oh, you want to see a picture of the, of the love you're called to emulate? Look at a bloody, tortured Jesus gasping for breath on the cross. That is the sacrificial love I want you to emulate, to show the world the way I have loved you. So yes, it's uncomfortable, and it is not as fun to love someone from afar. But every Zoom call or phone call you make when you don't want to is displaying the sacrificial love of Jesus that says, I love you, even when it is costly, because that is what Christ did for us. The other barrier we looked at was that loving your neighbor from afar, it requires more work and initiative, and it's not as organic and natural, right? So when we look to Jesus, we see he loved us with an initiating love even when we rejected him, so we can take initiative to love even when others do not respond to us or are flaky. Think about the pictures of the love of God you see in scripture, right? A shepherd that goes after his lost sheep, a husband that goes after a wife that continually sells herself into prostitution, a father that runs and embraces his son that had rejected him, and on and on the list goes to show God's love is a love that initiates towards us before we make the first move. God doesn't see something awesome in us and then decide to move towards us in love. But we see in John three sixteen that God simply loves the world, so he sends his son to come after us. Not because we were awesome, but because we needed him. So in the same way, Jesus pursued us to the point of death on a cross, so we are called to pursue others, even when it requires work and extra effort. So listen, I get the desire for your friendships, your discipleship relationships to be organic and easy, but there's no promise in scripture that tells us loving your neighbor or brother or sister will always be organic and easy. If Jesus approached loving us that way, he would have stayed in heaven because there's nothing easy about God leaving heaven and coming to earth to befriend sinners and lay his life down for them. So our love for those who are far should imitate the initiating and persistent love of Christ, even when it's hard work and less organic than when we are in person. So this means practically that we prioritize people in our schedule and we take the initiative to put them in our schedule. So it's not a spontaneous, like, when I feel like it, I'll text Jimmy thing, because I promise you, more often than not, you will not feel like another Zoom call or phone call with Jimmy, right? But it means Sundays, when you look at your week, you text Jimmy, and you, you say, hey, let's hop on a five-minute phone call every night at 9.30 p.m., and man, let's pray for each other. It means you make plans for your D group to text each other every time they finish uh, reading the word for accountability. It means you call Susie every morning at 8 a.m. if she is struggling to get up and, and read the word. So let me ask you, does your love for others from afar reflect the initiating love of God that came after us from a far greater distance? Does it reflect the persistent initiating love of God 
that does not give up when we reject him one, two, or a thousand times, but continues pursuing us. The second truth is that isolation leads to destruction and community leads to life. We talked about how isolation without accountability can feel like freedom to do what, what we want, but in the end, it leads to destruction. So we all know the classic animal documentary scene, right? The camera pans across the savanna as a herd of wildebeest migrate to their final destination. Yet just ahead, lurking in the long grass, the camera zooms in on a lion. And slowly, you see one of the wildebeest begin to drift from the herd and start to feel the thrill of autonomy. And the wildebeest is like, yes, no herd to tell me what to do. I'm about to live the dream in these grassy meadows. But then, the lion slowly approaches this lone wildebeest, and before the wildebeest has a chance to react, the lion pounces on it, kills it, and rips it to pieces. So listen, there is a lion seeking to devour us, 1 Peter 5, 8. And to isolate yourself, you Christian wildebeest, from community is to essentially be like a wildebeest asking for Satan to rip your soul to pieces. But to give in to the desire, to isolate from community, to indulge in whatever you want, it feels good in the moment, right? Like it feels good to be that lone, autonomous wildebeest. But we see over and over again in scripture that those are deceptive desires that end in destruction and enslavement to those desires rather than the freedom it promises in the moment. James 1.14 says we're lured and enticed by our desires. And it uses the language of a fishing lure, right? A fishing lure does the same thing to a fish that deceptive desires do to our soul. A lure looks awesome in the moment to a fish, until they bite into that shiny worm and realize it was covering a hook meant to destroy them. Isolation and indulging in whatever we desire in the moment, it seems great until we give ourselves to it and we realize it was one of Satan's deceptive hooks meant to destroy us when we bite into it. It's deception because it promises what it can never deliver. Listen to this passage in Hebrews, Hebrews 3, 10 through 12. It says, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So you catch that? How often are we to exhort, aka speak truth, to one another? Every day. Well, what about even in a pandemic, like over Zoom? Yes, even more so in a pandemic, because why do we exhort one another every day? It's so we don't fall prey to the deceitfulness of sin. So we remind each other every day, brother, what you think that computer screen, that girl, those video games are going to offer you is juicy bait disguising a fish hook that's going to destroy you. Don't be deceived. Look to Jesus, a far better treasure. So listen, in a pandemic, we need community and accountability even more than when we had it in person. We need daily reminders of the truth so we're not deceived by sin. We need nightly voice texts from our brothers and sisters to remind us, don't give in to the deceptive lies of the enemy seeking to destroy you. Look to Jesus who doesn't just promise you life and joy, but actually delivers on that promise for eternity. So listen, community, accountability in this time, it's not a barrier to joy and your freedom and you doing whatever you want. It's a gift to protect you and strengthen you on the pathway to everlasting joy. You get that? Like community, it's not a barrier to joy. It's a gift to protect you and strengthen you on the pathway to everlasting joy. It's, it, community is not an optional resource in these times, but it's a necessity to protect the Christian wildebeest from the lion lurking in the long grass when you find yourself alone. So yes, that Zoom call will feel like death in a moment. Or that 7 a.m. wake-up call, it'll feel like you're killing your friend who wants to sleep till noon. But it's actually producing life in them and reminding them to indulge in your desires will only end in death and destruction. So does the way you love others from afar reflect the truth that isolation destroys 
but community brings life. Summit College, are we willing to love our brothers or sisters from afar, even though it is difficult, to prevent them from believing the deceptive lies of the lion crouching in the grass, waiting to destroy those you love? Summit College, let's be a community that is committed to one another, even from afar, because community breeds life. So now I want to welcome Amy Rogers and Logan Maloney to talk through some practical ways we can love our neighbor from afar. But before we get started, a few things you need to know about Amy and Logan. So Amy was actually born in Australia and used to have a pet kangaroo, right? Amy, you got a like Australian accent for us. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I had my... (laughs) (laughs) Not Australian. (laughs) Shrimp on the barbie. Oh, wow. That That is good. Flawless. And uh, Logan actually won the spelling bee at his middle school. Um, It was on ESPN for the semifinals, but he actually lost because he misspelled the word misspell. Yeah, I really thought it was just one S. Yeah. Is it one S? Let's be honest. Uh, I'm still not really sure. I don't know how to spell that word. That's a tough one. That gets most people out of it. So with that, welcome Amy and Logan. Um, So hey, question just to kick us off here. What are some awkward or uncomfortable things that you've seen over Zoom calls or maybe even just funny things like you've seen people do? We've all seen that. Yeah, I think one of the weirdest things with Zoom calls is that you can't see what's happening on the other side. So if someone spills something or something wild happens, you literally just have to sit there. Mm. So one time we're in the middle of a staff meeting and there's a bunch of baby frogs that live outside our apartment and my roommate opened up the door and this baby frog leaps in. And so (laughs) we jump off of the screen and are trying to catch this baby frog. Meanwhile, no one on the other side of the screen knows anything what's happening. (laughs) And so I think that's just awkward to not know what's happening. I I love imagining if that actually happened in like a real life meeting. Like imagine (laughs) some baby frogs just hijack a meeting. Everyone would lose their mind. But like Wes leading the meeting, he has to keep his composure, even though you're freaking out, right? And there's frogs all over your face. Um, So Logan, you got (laughs) it. Yeah, I actually, I think it's really funny. This isn't something weird that people do, but I think it's funny that there are some people that their background is the same every single time, no matter what meeting, no matter what time. And so there's even some uh, guys that I was on a lot of Zoom calls with and I never met them in person because of the circumstances we're in. But I knew their bedroom so well (laughs) Mm, because I'd seen them at least 20 times. I've seen their background. And so whenever I saw them in person, I'm like, wow, I don't even know who you are because I've been looking at the background this entire time. (laughs) I was like, I know you have that sign back there, LeBron James on your wall. (laughs) I've seen it so many times. Yeah. Like, who are you apart from your fuzzy stuffed animals on your bed? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, that's very true. I yeah, I I feel like uh, I love it when you can tell that and it's really awkward for someone leading it, but when someone else is like texting or or someone else, and there's like two people kind of giggling, mm-hmm. but then you're leading the meeting, and you're like, I gotta kind of not acknowledge this, but it's also very distracting. And so it's just, well, it's not really funny. It's more of annoying. So. Yeah, it, se- it yeah. seems like you are <laughs> explicitly talking yeah, I, about certain yeah, people. It's good to get that yeah. on my chest. But if you do when- that and you're listening to this podcast, right. please stop yeah. or do it a lot specifically when right. Josh is talking just Perfect. because you know that it. And I didn't have like specific names like Luke Strobel in mind, but you know, just, <laughs> just, just some thoughts. <laughs> uh, and Katie. So first, um, I mentioned uh, these three barriers to loving your neighbor from afar, right? So um, and truths we see to combat them. So it was the three barriers were it's not as enjoyable to love your neighbor from afar. It's more work. 
and no accountability and isolation can feel very freeing. So yeah. would you guys say, like, are there any other barriers or specific ways that you all have seen students struggle with these barriers or, or any truths to help us combat these? Yeah, I think one thing that goes along with what you're saying, Josh, the lie that no accountability and isolation can feel freeing. I think I've just seen how isolation destroys because you're buying a lot into culture's narrative of like independence of I don't want to have to rely on anyone or mm -hmm. anything that I could get from anyone else. Mm -hmm. um, but in reality, we know that that's not what we're called to as believers. Like I think what you're saying, Josh, of Hebrews 3, to exhort one another every day and even Later in Hebrews, it says to not neglect meeting together, as is mm. the habit of some, but to encourage one another. And so I think I've just seen how isolation destroys because we can just so easily be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Um, but community builds up because we are exhorted and encouraged to press on in the faith and to have others running the race alongside of us. And That's I was good. thinking, I remember when... Uh, Logan and I were actually training for a half marathon with our friend Luke Strobel this past year. And Luke for and shout outs. <laughs> yeah, all oh, the formerly shout outs. a podcast yeah. superstar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, if you haven't listened, you Axe should go listen to Axe Facts and Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Um, but we would go four or five days a week to run on a trail together. And since they were just a little faster than me, they constantly pushed me to run farther and to press on because I knew that they would be waiting on me in the finish line. And I knew that they wanted to get home to shower. And But after a few months, we started running separately more. And I found it just way easier to just walk the rest of the way or not mm. run the full distance or just knock it up and run at all and because I didn't have that accountability. And I think in a lot of ways, community functions in that way too, mm -hmm. to keep us running and to help us press on in endurance to finish the race. That's so good. I love what that passage you mentioned in Hebrews, I think it was 10, says of like, mm -hmm. as, as is the habit of some to give up meeting, mm -hmm. especially yeah. in a pandemic, as is the habit of some. But the scripture says, no, like let's meet together daily even when it's hard and even when you don't feel like it. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's good. Yeah, I think going along in a very similar uh, fashion, I think I've seen one a, a really big barrier be this um, desire for laziness, thinking that laziness mm -hmm. is actually going to equal freedom, just like you were talking about with isolation. I think a lot of people, including us, you know, we've all been there at points of saying, man, I really just want to be lazy right now. That will mean freedom. That means I can do what I want. Mm -hmm. um, and ju it, it just is a really big barrier because when we think that lying around the house or watching TV or playing games or even just not really talking to people, uh, that that's what we want. We find out even by the end of the day that we feel so much worse off than we did at the beginning of the day. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think like laziness, isolation, it really is just like a gateway sin that just opens this huge door for so much more. Right? Like when we are actively in community and know that we are a part of that community, our desire to fight sin just increases. So laziness or the appeal of laziness and the perceived freedom that comes with that is just a really big barrier that I've, I've seen a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, so um, those are some some helpful, just even more truths to combat some of those barriers. Um, but I want to spend really the rest of our time kind of getting down to the nitty gritty, practical <laughs> of what are some like very practical things you have done um, or you see people do that uh, we can do to love our neighbor from afar, right? Like I, I even think about this kind of question, like if Jesus had to love his neighbor in a socially distanced world, what are some things he would do to love them? You know, like everything mm -hmm. about like Jesus on a Zoom call, like I bet he'd be <laughs> hopping all over Zoom right now. Yeah. Or maybe he used Google Meet because, you know, I don't, who knows? Yeah. Or maybe he yeah, never but, uses it. Yeah, like which platform would Jesus <laughs> use? <laughs> oh, He's gosh. a FaceTime guy. Skype. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, what, what would you guys say for some really just practical ways to love our neighbor from afar? 
Yeah, I think um, something that I was thinking about whenever we were discussing this um, is just the necessity for communication and the persistence of communication and how important that actually is, is to be so persistent that sometimes you lean on the side of, of even being annoying um, just because mm-hmm. we have to be keeping those people in mind. Yeah. Um, you know, those that are afar, but also those that are isolated, right? So, you know, for me, I live in a house of guys and um, live in a community that's still around um, NC State. And so I, I still have some friends that are there. And so it's very easy for me sometimes to forget those that are afar. And so one way that is really loving for me is to constantly be talking to and thinking for the people that are by themselves at home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the people that are just hanging out with their parents or their siblings, and that's kind of the only community they have unless someone is actually reaching out to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's just crucial to love people from afar well um, by constantly commuting, communicating with them. Um, and really, I think it's true that we can't commu- communicate too much right now, right? Mm-hmm. I, I really don't think we can. Um, the, we're honestly, like, the more the better. Uh, another small thing that I thought through is actually using FaceTime when you call. Uh, if you have an iPhone or figuring out some video format to do that, um, I, I, it sounds strange, but I think seeing a person's face is such a more fun manner to actually talk mm-hmm. with someone yeah, and to actually mm-hmm. see their emotions and how they're reacting and to even see their homes and their families in the background. Like simple stuff like that just makes it so much more personable. And also yeah. there was a study done that found that when it comes to communication, the verbal component of a face-to-face conversation is less than 35% of it. And that over 65% of communication is done non-verbally, yeah. right? And so... Mm-hmm. When we FaceTime or, or Zoom or Google Hangout, whatever you use, that even just helps you be able to see what people actually mean and how they're actually doing because it's very easy by our words just to act like we're doing fine, um, but people not be able to actually see that we're not doing well at all. So I think frequent communication, I think, is really, really important. And then doing that uh, face-to-face um, through uh, Zoom or FaceTime or, or something like that can be really helpful during this time. Yeah, that's good. I even think, like, <laughs> like I'll just pull a... Uh full disclosure here, there have been times like on a phone call where someone's, I've been on call with someone and someone's told a really long story that has no end in sight. I'll literally put my side on mute and I've like done pushups or like, just, just like, I feel so oh, no. bored. And so I, I feel like that happened that probably with one of us yeah. at some point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, no names, Luke Strobel, but I'm just yeah, yeah. saying that. But I, yeah. And I think, and I think the persistence thing is huge. Like it's not, you never coming out of this season and just coming back to campus there was no one that no college student I met that was like, man, it was so annoying having like that brother text yeah. me all those encouragements yeah, every really day. You know, it was, it was yeah. more often the narrative is, gosh, I really wish like people just reached out to me more. Yeah, yeah you know, that so. is so true. Yeah, that's true. I think too, another thing that's actually can be a positive with communication over the phone is that I think when you're distant from people, just because of the nature of talking with people, you're not just like running into them 24 seven, but you're having to be intentional with calling them and intentional about what you talk about. Mm -hmm. I think that that can actually be a pro if you actually lean into being intentional with people. And so even something I think that would be helpful to think through is when you call people, don't just ask them the basic questions of, oh, how is school? Yeah, that's important. Or just like, how are you? That's a good question too. But actually lean into asking them specific questions of like, how are you thinking or what are you thanking God for right now? Or like, what is something that has actually been really hard about living at home? Mm-hmm. And I think just the more specific you can be with those questions, the more intentional your conversation can be. And you can actually really hear how the person is doing. Yeah. And I think that can just be a plus side of 
um, communicating virtually. But I think with that too, it's good to think through uh, what are ways to have fun with each other from afar. Mm -hmm. And so we actually linked, we'll link a document in the show notes with a ton of different ideas for how to have fun virtually. Um, But there's a ton of different things you could do, like Netflix party um, or work out together over FaceTime. I tried that Mm -hmm. once. (laughs) Kind of fun. Doesn't work out that well, but... Oh, Think of random like ideas or yeah. code names or have them do a house tour or introduce mm-hmm. them to your family. Um, I think just thinking through ways also that you can have fun together or mm-hmm. just um, do everyday life things together is yeah, good to consider. Yeah, that's good. Kahoot trivia. True. I oh, love yeah. it. Those are so fun. I also think that just kind of what you're saying about um, asking them very specific questions, I think what is really unique about this time is that people are struggling with stuff that may be different than they are when they're in community or living with their friends or at college or things like that. And so like you were saying, you know, asking like, Hey, how are you actually loving your parents right now? Like, how has it been? Have you been patient with them? Have you been doing the dishes? You know, things like that. Like, how are you actually loving your neighbor? Um, and, and specifically with your family, you know, that's something that we probably don't talk about very often when we are living with our friends and in college space and things like that, because it, it may not be relevant. And so even thinking of questions like that, I think are really helpful to get a more full circle uh, understanding of what, how ac- someone is actually doing. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. So yeah, we've talked about kind of persistent communication, uh, phone calls that are very intentional, having fun together, I think is such a huge, huge thing right now. And just frequent uh, frequent communication. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's yes, persistent, but like daily, uh, not just, you know, once a week or something like that. So, uh, maybe if you guys want to hit on kind of what are even just some like weekly rhythms or things like that, that you guys have done, uh, to really love people from afar. Yeah. I think actually coming out of college, that was something I had to figure out with my friendships when my friends moved to other countries or over other cities and, it was really helpful for us to set up weekly rhythms Mm -hmm. of one of my friends, we just met up at a coffee shop every Monday morning and read our Bibles together and caught up. And so even if we didn't see each other the rest of the week, we knew that that Monday morning we were going to be able to do that together. And I think that just helped create this like consistency and our friendship that just helped us know that we were like committing to each other and loving one another. But another thing we actually did, Josh probably won't like this because he hates voice messages, but my friends in in college, even actually while we still lived together, we started sending each other voice messages when we were praying for one another. And so not just texting each other, hey, I'm praying for you, but actually just sending a couple Mm -hmm. minute voice message of us praying over the other person. And I think that was honestly really helpful, just hearing the person pray over me even when we live together, I think that just creates intentionality of, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm committed to praying for you. And then it's encouraging for the person hearing it of, wow, mm-hmm. this person's not just saying they're praying for me, but I actually know they are because I just heard them pray mm-hmm. over me. So I think those are a couple of things that yeah, were just really good. helpful for I, continuing. I love the, yeah, I think the praying piece is huge. Like we, um, me and a few guys, when quarantine first hit, we decided we were going to fast and pray together over lunch once a week. And so every Tuesday, we would take like just, it was only 30 minutes, but we'd fast through lunch and we'd pray for each other. And we did that every single week. And so to have that kind of consistency is just a really helpful yeah. way to cultivate community, consistently checking in on each other and praying together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's huge. And, and rhythms are so important yeah. Yeah. in these times, like weekly, consistent yeah. rhythms, because it's the last thing you want to do. You want to have that freedom, mm-hmm. but to set that consistent rhythm in your schedule um, is, a, is really a means of... Um, man, tapping into God's grace of like, I have these rhythms every day 
where God can use community or the Word of God, or things like that, um, to bring life to my soul. Yeah, and I, I love that you said that because creating those rhythms helps you not just do things off of how your heart is feeling, Yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. there are some days that I wake up, I'm like, I do not want to be on a Zoom call. I don't want to talk to someone on the phone for an hour and a half, you know, all these things. But if we already have these rhythms in place, they're going to happen no matter what. And we know that those are so beneficial for us. Mm-hmm. And so even having those rhythms and, you know, both of you said it of how crucial those rhythms are. And um, so I think that is really important. Um, I, I've done something similar that Amy said of, of having a phone call with a good friend of mine every Monday uh, evening at 5.30. We have a call just to update how each other are doing and stuff like that, um, which I think is really great. And then something that we actually talked about, uh, because we've, we've been doing this once a week phone call for a while, uh, but we wanted to not just have these super intense, serious conversations <laughs> once a week. And so uh, we are trying to do a better job, even just texting each other funny stuff through the week. Just mm. stuff that is pointless of like, hey, I made this really cool lasagna because I know he loves cooking. And so I know that he would really appreciate that. Yeah, you know, so it's like, hey, deal. you know, check this out. I, I made this lasagna. You would love it or whatever. Even just texting each other funny stuff throughout yeah. the week. And I think that is another way to love someone from afar because you're showing them, hey, you know, of course I care for you once a week in those uh, long conversations talking about our weeks and what's hard and things like that. Um, but also just consistency throughout the week of, having fun and, and showing that friendship throughout the week, again, helps a person that is isolated, that is more by themselves, uh, feel like they are part of the community that is here because they are, you know, just because they're in a different location doesn't mean that they're not part of the community. Yeah, um, and so bringing them into that, mm-hmm. I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are encouraged and find life from scripture and Bible verses, some by pictures of lasagna. Amen. Oh, or honestly, perfect. funny animal videos. Oh, I, absolutely. Yeah. No one is ever bummed when you send them a funny animal video. That's true. Unless you hate animals. Well, hopefully no one does. So. Yeah. 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 Some people. Well, I'd love to um, just kind of wrap it up. If, if you guys had to recommend one thing, like one practical thing to do to love your neighbor from afar, what would you say? Like really quick, like parting words, what is one thing you would say to do to practically love your neighbor from afar? I think what I would say is to what going along with what we were just saying, but creating a schedule, even like every Sunday, you're going to go through your roles and goals and you're going to commit to, I'm going to talk to these four people that are in my D group this week. How am I going to do that? How am I going to love for them? I'm going to like text them to pray for them on this day. And just putting that into your schedule, I think is really important because you really have to plan things out or you're just going to go through every day without that intentionality. And so I think that's something that's been really helpful for me to do. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to say something very similar of having uh, a rhythm of, of those phone calls, I think with close friends, people in your D groups, things like that, I think is really crucial. Uh, another thing, uh, just really quick that I think is, is really important is uh, I'm a big reminder person. And so on my phone, I use reminders like crazy. I have a ton that go up every single day, um, but they are so helpful for me. And so uh, that's something that I do uh, for some of my guys or some of my staff, things like that is I will have reminders in my phone to pray for them every day or things like that. And uh, setting that up helps you to be able to rem- remember those things. And what I try to do is every single morning, 
I try to text one person that either I'm praying for them um, or encourage them with scripture from what I read or things like that. And so um, I think that is a great practice um, because that stirs our affections uh, for Christ and for how the word of God applies to other people. Um, But also, of course, it is encouraging them and loving them well. And so having a reminder every single morning to text one person what you read or uh, that you're praying for them and what you prayed for them uh, is going to help both of you guys. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so a few more just resources for you all. Um, uh, one is we have a, it's a document that has a bunch of accountability questions um, that really just hit on every part of what it means to follow and obey Jesus. And I've done this with some guys where we just fill it out once a week and send it to each other. So it's really a helpful way to create space to bring to light um, all the sin that might have happened over, over quarantine and isolation when it's really hard to ask every specific question over Zoom. Um, and another really helpful resource is the Don't Waste Your Quarantine Guide, just a way to um, uh, make sure you're doing all the spiritual disciplines, praying, fasting, reading God's Word every day. And we'll, li- we'll link both those things in the show notes as well. Well, thanks for joining us, Logan and Amy. So just to summarize some key things we are talking about for practically how to love your neighbor from afar. Uh, so high accountability and frequent communication, right? So once a week, not enough. Uh, set daily rhythms to care well for those far away, even if it's a, a text message at a certain time, voice message. Um, even though I hate those, whatever. Uh, Have fun together. Put that list together that's in the show notes. Um, And last, plan your schedule well and prioritize people. Um, So to recap this episode, we've talked about a few barriers to loving people from afar and two truths to combat them, which are first, that Jesus loved us with a costly and initiating love that gives us the power to love others when it's hard. And second, that isolation breeds destruction, but community breeds life. So every week, we're going to leave you guys with a specific application to help you apply all of this and discuss it with your family group um, and D group. And, and for this week, the application is to put at least one thing in your calendar for this week that helps you love your neighbor from afar. Okay, one thing. So one next step. This could be to schedule a phone call over lunch to pray with a brother and sister and fast or uh, agree to text your D group one application you read from the word every day, but schedule something in this week that helps you love your neighbor from afar. Then talk to your D group about that one thing and um, how you want to schedule that in your Uh, calendar. So remember, isolation breeds destruction, but community breeds life, and we need community now more than ever. So Summit College, may the way we love our neighbor from afar display to them the inseparable love of Christ for us that is costly and pursues us even when it's hard. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Summit College Love Your Neighbor podcast. If you want to access the resources we talked about, like the weekly accountability questions, the fun ideas for things to do virtually, the Don't Waste Your Quarantine Guide, then you can check those out in our show notes. And make sure to subscribe so you get the podcast as soon as they drop, and we hope this helps to equip you to love your neighbor in word and deed as you represent Christ on campus. 